Hey, welcome in. It's Unanchored Boston, the podcast. Hank Morse, Mike Lynch, and Bob Lobel. Right. I don't know, Bob, I was expecting you. That's right. There it is. I was <laughs> expecting you, Bob, to be like in a little tank top and some running shorts in honor of the Boston Marathon, which is the 126th is coming up next Monday. Patriots Day, the first normal Patriots Day in what? Two and a half years. Not yeah. a bad, uh, you know, think of the weekend. It's opening day Friday for the Red Sox. It's Easter Sunday, and it's a marathon Monday, and there's a ball game in the morning, and the race and the marathon, and then the Celtics will be opening the playoffs on Sunday against uh, somebody, maybe the Nets or Cavaliers. This is not going to be a slow weekend in Boston, not by any stretch of the imagination. As a matter of fact, it's as busy as it's ever been because opening days never been on marathon weekend, and – you know, Celtics opening up, it's busy. Who knows where the Bruins are going to be? But that's another story for another time. Yeah, it's a fun time to just, you know, get into downtown Boston and, and just walk around and, you know, you walk three blocks and there's a buzz in the city that's unlike any to get the, down the West End. You got, you got the Garden, you go up to Fenway, you go to Boylston Street, you got the Marathon. And the buildup to the marathon, you know, starts probably Thursday night and Friday night. People are just arriving in town. They're they're just walking around. It's a it's a really it's a it's a feel good weekend. Uh, Mike, Friday's opening day locally. I know. Fenway Park. I, mean, I know. Throw that into the mix, and you know, in covering, you know, 150 opening days like I have, that's been that's a pretty special time. I mean, opening day is opening day. Uh, I, I loved opening day, except I hated being down in the field because every phony fraud in the world was down there with a press pass somehow, some way. <laughs> they would never show up again. That until... damn John Dennis. How did he get in? <laughs> no, that's not right. No, that's not right. How did, you know, how did we get in? I used to see my old boss, Emily Rooney, down there when she moved over to Channel Emily. 2. Em. And she Dan Ray showed up every opening day and played catch with Mayor Menino. Who did? Behind us. No, he would... And I, you know, I bring him over on television. Must be an important game. Dan Ray's down on the field. <laughs> with his well, Red Sox shirt. Right? Yeah, with his Red Sox shirt. So it's no. You should it's, call into his show on WBZ. He's on at yeah. night. I love listening to Dan Ray. Nightside. I used to listen to it driving home all the time. Yeah, he's outstanding. I can remember coming back from Vermont back when the world was flat. You know, I lived in Burlington uh, listening to Dan Ray on BZ Radio. Yeah. Uh, and Jimmy Myers was on BZ Radio. Before, I think it was before Dan's show. So it was back to back, Jimmy Myers and Dan Ray. And it was just, uh, you know, it was the big time listening to those guys. And then all of a sudden you end up working with them. I still remember you know, the phone number just from being a fan 254 5678. I know. 254 5678. Those were amazing times. Okay, here's the here's the question. Okay, fire away. The mayor of New York has lifted the ban on non-vaccinated players, right? So clearly, uh, Kyrie Irving can play for the Nets if they win against the Cavaliers. If they win the playoff play-in game, which is not an automatic. So the mayor of New York, you know, the ban was lifted, presumably not specifically for Kyrie, but one of the beneficiaries was Kyrie Irving. Now, the Nets are coming into play. Philadelphia, to, uh, on this early or early in this week before the marathon, just reinstated lockdown rules because of the spread of COVID. Who's to say that Mayor Wu won't put the same lockdown for Boston? So that Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and all these other guys that are not vaccinated can't play. So I assume that means that Jason, Jalen Brown can't play. But I think it's a big. That's a good trade-off. I'd give Jalen Brown up for no Kyrie Irving. So there. So come on, step up to the plate, Mayor Wu. So you think it should be a temporary ten-day or I don't so? Care depending what it upon is. it's just right until you know. Just step up to the plate. They be like can, be like the prime minister of Australia with uh, Novak Djokovic. Don't back down. <laughs> Have him deported. Kyrie gets off the plane and he gets escorted to the to the to the city limits. I mean, 
Or they could put him in lockdown in the hotel. Like we, said, you're not fans. I mean, what? The mayor of New York can allow the, uh, Kyrie to play, you know, and the mayor of Boston can cannot prevent him from playing? I don't. I think, no. I think this is bigger than a basketball game. Yeah, it's an interesting take, Bob. Do, do you fear for the Celtics if Kyrie is able to play in the yes, series? Of course I do. I think, I, I mean, they they have the potential to be a great team. This, another fraud is that Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, who would allow uh, these so-called stars to sit out the regular season until the playoffs. They, everybody wants to sit out and rest these meaningless regular season games, get in and somehow get in the playoffs and play in the playoffs. I mean, it's just bogus. I got to say, Bob, wait, I kind of poo-pooed that the other day when you went. You did what? I kind of poo-pooed the thing when you said, oh, is our team trying to tank? But then Jason Tatum sat out the second to last game right. for the Celtics, right? Yes. Then he played against Memphis. And, you know, the Celtics, they got their 51st victory. And, you know, you were right. I didn't give you enough credit yeah, until well, I really well, started to think back and thinking. Hey, you know, when have we, any of us gotten any credit? Today. <laughs> when did any of us get any credit? Today is the 11th of April of 2022. And right. we're brought to you by Our Best Foods and Our Best Meatballs, by the way. You mentioned that, Hank, because you know what? It's just too much. Kyrie, to when he looks at the Our Best Meatballs, he even sees a round one. All right? He yeah, may not see that with a basketball or the earth. I don't know what he does, but even he would like Our Best Meatballs from Our Best Foods. So you go to ourbestfoods.com, you download the coupon, you go to the frozen food section at your local grocer, and then take it from there, Mike Lynch. Well, you got the Smiling Chef. Who's on this side? Pete, uh, you must be back home. Uh, yep, I am. Pablo Bell. A little bit of a glare here. Where are we going? This way? Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's, all, it's all good, man. There he is. Right up there. Right up there. Smiling chef. I got the real deal here, man. You guys are just jealous. because You know, and it's really, they're perfect for opening day, too, because you, you line your pockets with foil. Like, Bob eats them on camera. And for those of you who are listening, Bob always has the two-pronged fork. It's like a fondue fork. Yeah. Right? That you use in your meatballs. Bob, why don't you chew it close to the microphone so those of us that are just listening and not watching can hear you chewing? I don't think that's... I think that's just rude, Mike. Don't you think so? I don't know. I don't I thought know. you went to Harvard. No, I, I, rude, maybe not. I don't say rude, but... So let's get Our back to... And by the way, we just have... We also have to mention, like, we talked last week, and I think we have a thing here about going to... Maybe the Hall of Fame and the uh, oh yeah, Moby Cruiser, Cold Springs RV, Ware, New Hampshire, W E A R E, Ware, New Hampshire, ColdSpringsRV.com. We want to Not thank far you from Manchester. And by the way, Unanchored Boston, you can go to our website. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can go whether use your smart speaker, whether it's uh, Siri, Alexa, Google. Hey Alexa, listen to the Unanchored Boston podcast, and boom, it'll do it. How'd you get home, Mike? How did, how did you end up getting home from Florida? I didn't think JetBlue was flying anymore. I had a, let's see, one night I was watching my potential <laughs> flights, and I had a, the 820 is the last one out of Fort Myers. gets in around 1130, and it got canceled one night. And so I was supposed to go on another night, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go the next day on the 655. The so p.m. Now that got delayed till 930. I, had, I was sitting with, I met some really nice two people from Malden who had been, were on the 1 p.m. flight and got postponed to 3.30. The 3.30 got canceled and they got put on a 9.30. Um, and then that got postponed till 10.30 and they were arriving back in Boston about quarter or two in the morning. And uh, I don't, this happens every single day. It's beyond belief. I don't get it. When Jeff Blue was, they named a baseball park after it in Sport Myers. Jet you know Blue what? Park. They, they 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 did a great job building up their brand in the last ten years or so to make them one of the more dominant airlines uh, in, in in domestically and certainly out of Boston. Yeah. But once they got to the this plateau, they didn't do what they need to do to maintain that. 
So, I don't know. I love JetBlue too. I love, yeah, but, but listen, I, I, I want to on the way down and on the way back. I lucked out because this usually happens to me. You know, one of the big things is the TV you have there. Well, person next to me on the way down didn't have her TV. And then on the way back, the guy says, I'm so, and the other thing they have is they have free Wi Fi. didn't have a TV because it didn't work. Because it didn't work. Okay. Because it didn't work. And there were multiple people who had things that didn't work. So when that happens, the flight That's attendant, the cat, they shut all the TVs off and then they reboot them. That whole thing takes about a half hour. So if you're in the middle of a show or a movie or something like that, you'll you lose out. I, I know. And then um, on the way back, the Wi-Fi wasn't working. And then the beverage cart came down. And I just, I just had a ginger ale because I brought a sandwich with me. And um, But somebody asked for a white wine. Oh, we don't have any white wine. I'll have a red wine. We don't have any red wine. I'll have a vodka soda. We don't have any vodka. What's going on? You know, it's, I, I don't get it. I don't either. You know what the upside is, though? That. You know what? I just, yeah, it's such a great plan, a great idea. And hopefully they'll bounce back to where they where they once were. But yeah. Uh, the upside is that you weren't sitting next to that 75 year old guy that was arrested okay. coming off a flight from uh, Newark. Okay. <laughs> what a good idea. Maybe he had all the vodka sodas <laughs> on his flight, and that's why there weren't any. Left over on the other ones. Okay, so what you got here, that's pretty cool that you got back here. I don't know what I did. Then I get back cool. here and and I, I had to I had a had to check a bag for some obscure reason. And <laughs> um, so they said it was on carousel number six, which is the furthest carousel when you come down the escalator. And then we went there, we waited for like 20 minutes. We're on carousel number four now, the announcement. Everyone goes over. It's like Charlie Brown. Everyone shuffles over to carousel number four. One bag comes down. The thing goes around about 15 times and stops. All right. Uh, bags are now coming in carousel two, which is over in the almost in the international terminal. <laughs> well, this is a trip from hell. No, it wasn't that bad. Um, you know, but there were worse. I mean, I, there were people in, in that in the Fort Myers terminal with with young kids and babies that we had flights canceled from 9, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. They weren't, weren't going to leave until 8, 9 o'clock at night. Why? What did they um, do? I think, you know, the, I think one of the big things is uh, I went by one of the gates and someone was saying, well, we're uh, the plane. The good news is the plane is here. The bad news is we don't have a captain. <laughs> but You're right. but we, we, we found one. He should be here in about an hour. <laughs> well, that's not the bad news. The bad news, the good news really is that they didn't have the captain. It would have been bad news if they took off without the captain. <laughs> but there was also a flight yesterday that tried to land at JFK four separate times, but because of there was delayed, and then because of weather situations, uh, they went back to Newark. And the people wanted to get off the plane. They were on the tarmac, and they were going to take off for a fifth attempt to land at JFK, and they wouldn't let them off the plane. It went viral. The guy pleading with the police officer, like, hey, we got kids on this plane. There are people throwing up in the back. It stinks. It's gross. They're angry. We're worried about our safety. Can you please let us off? So did you ever find your bags? My question. I did. I did. I found it. And then yeah, finally I got on one that looked like it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. How about what about uh, Tiger Woods? Thumbs up. Happy. Enjoy yeah. the coverage. How can you not be? I don't. I think that that was a, almost an insurmountable task that he took on in public. I mean, it's not like you're out walking privately and said, "I can quit when I'm hurting." He's got hundreds of thousands of people, millions, millions watching him, millions. I mean, how how would you like to be up walking up and down that fairway after you hit a? How'd you like to hit a ball? Uh, I'm one of those par threes, the par three twelve, where uh, Cameron Smith went. I know. Belly, belly How would you like to hit a ball with those people watching, knowing where this is setting? I mean, I I don't think there's many things tougher in sports. It's not like making a free throw to tie a game in the seventh game. I mean, it's, these are they're, it's one of the toughest things in sports to do. I think, isn't it? It is. Uh, I, I tuned in on. Friday, uh, and when I picked up the coverage when he was on the uh, range 
and then he went to the practice screen, and then he was hitting, hitting out of the bunker. When he walked, like everything he did, there were just – the only thing I could think of was he's become uh, – like I don't want to say as big as Muhammad Ali around the world, but wow. the, the attraction to get a glimpse of him was yeah. beyond belief. It's like when Babe Ruth would come to town – you know, you'd hear about him. You couldn't see him on TV. You wanted to see. You had to, if you wanted to see him, you had to see him in person. Right. And there were people standing on tiptoes. There were people on top of uh, sh- kids on top of the shoulders of their parents, and people just craning their necks. And did you see the the, the how many people were on that first tee box in fairway? You know, the first hole is like you know I don't know four hundred yards or so, and there was like four hundred yards of like ten deep. It was it's I unusual it was, to go from villain-like status or somebody who's you know easily taken to task for some of the things well, you know he caused a lot of problems and he caused them his own problems yeah and now he's a sentimental favorite and even 14 months ago when he had that crash you know the story this the story right. is still a little fuzzy for everybody right I mean, he's I don't think anybody cares, alive. though. You know what, Hank? I don't think anybody cares. I think everybody realizes that everyone's got their their own warts, and they don't they don't really care what he's done in the past, what he did, whether he was you know didn't get cited for reckless driving or whatever. I mean, I, only he knows the truth, and I, I don't think people care. They just want to see him. I mean, everybody wants to see someone who is down climb back up and rise right. again. Right. Yeah, you're right. Isn't that what it's all about? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, everybody, this is this is the story of America. Everybody wants to see even the highest ones fall. They all they they almost expect someone to fail after achieving some greatness and then watch them climb back up. Isn't that the story that we've all bought into? Yes, without question. Absolutely. I, 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 it was just, and, and then he made the cut the next day, which is unbelievable. Yeah, and that, then was could, cool. that was cool. And he made the cut. It's almost like as good as winning for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's an old phrase. You don't necessarily have to finish first to be a winner. And I think that applied to Tiger this weekend. Which and he has uh, had some humble pie and he, ha- he is contrite about some of the things that some of his past behaviors or what well, have you. People like himself. to see that. He's the one that he was responsible he was responsible for a lot of the things that happened to him. So in well, two years, I, are you going to go start going to Will Smith movies again? <laughs> it's a different story. I guess a whole, that's a whole nother thing. You know, he, he really let himself go on Sunday when he, you know, obviously he was out of it. He, he actually finished when the other when the leaders were starting, but the walk up 16, you know, and Vern Lundquist said it great. He goes, the walk up 18 is, the one for history, but I'll tell you what, this ain't bad. And they just, everyone get up out of their, out of their seats, gave him a standing ovation and he finished 16th and then he went up 18 and the place just went crazy. And that, that ovation is always reserved for the champion or somebody who's, you know, going to, going to win the darn thing. And here he took his cap off. He smiled. He was loosey goosey with everybody. And Tiger's usually got a stone face. When he's out in that golf course. And I, you know, it was, I thought that he finally let the people in and that was, he said, you know, he really appreciated all the patrons as they're supposed to say when they broadcast down there. But uh, I thought it was a love fest for Tiger, a love fest. Who was the announcer that was banned from the masters for saying the greens were so slick. They looked like they had bikini wax. <laughs> it might've been Gary McCord. I don't think so. No, but no, I don't think it was Gary. I, I, I know some people have been scolded. Well, I think there was somebody banned for saying a crowd that or a mob wax my... on the greens made them as quickly as quick as they are. It was, <laughs> but then he the announcer was politely told, "Your services are no longer needed here." Yeah, Gary McCord, you were right. It was damn. Well, I apologize then. I know. Okay, you got it. You got it. It was Gary. Okay, Hank got it. Okay, fine. All right. So, Scott Scheffler, Scotty Scheffler. What a what a performance. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, how can, how, who wins three or four of these things in a row like this? Like in six weeks, he's won four tournaments. 
How much has he made? $8 million, $7 million? A little over $8 million he's made uh, over that turn. No wonder his wife was so happy. <laughs> no $2.6 yesterday. That's a, that's a lot of money. Although I was having an anxiety attack after he missed those two putts on the 18th hole. I'm thinking, no, 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 don't let this happen. Four putt the 18th. How many was it? Four? Took him four putts? Four jack, yep. Four putts on the 18th hole. So a lot of people uh, in the last six weeks, about 8.9 million in the last six weeks. Wow. 8.9 million in the last six weeks. He spent the night before, he drove home, his wife drove, and he spilled his dinner on his lap all over the car. And he spent the night watching The Office. And then when he woke up in the morning, he was crying because he said, I don't know if I can handle this today. And he went out and obviously handled it. But on the first two holes, he had a three-shot lead. Cam Smith birdied one and two. The lead was down to one. They both hit it over in the pine straw. They both punched, and they up to, and they were both short. And he hit. They were side by side. He uh, Smith yeah. had to mark his ball. Had to mark his ball. I thought he hit it thin. Didn't you when he hit it? Yes. I thought the he sculpted. Screaming, the ball would have gone ten feet past if it didn't hit the pin. <laughs> and boom, it drops, and that just sort of just halted the momentum of of Cam Smith. And you know, he was just he was great. I thought that was Kid Rock at first when I looked at him. That's kind of a look. Yeah. You know, it started last year in one of the uh, it was with a fellow Aussie in one of the tournaments, and uh, they gave each other haircuts and. And he thought that was a good luck haircut, I think, and he kept it. it I don't think it's a great look. No, it's not. And well, it's I, I was, I was wondering what the the members of Augusta would think if if they had to slip on a green jacket on that guy with a with the long mullet. <laughs> yeah, they'd all be going. All the portraits would be going like this. Well, I, I went to ESPN.com to check the leaderboard at one point when I wasn't watching, and so then I kind of I didn't know much about him, so I clicked <laughs> on, you know, uh, his little link. And it shows him with a regular boys special, right? Haircut. He looks yeah. like he just came out of serving mass at, you know, St. Eulalia's. No, it wasn't exactly. It wasn't. He didn't give a good look, Hank. You're right. I mean, forget the haircut and the, and the mustache that never grew. Uh, the whole outfit was not, you know, it was pedestrian. <laughs> I thought there was a touch of Jesper Parnovac to him. Not maybe the, the neon colors, but. He stands out. He's know. he's a good player. I mean, he, he, you know, he won he won the players. I mean, that that's a, not an easy tournament to win. Um, but Scheffler, so for winning the Masters, all right. And you guys probably know this, but I'm going to rattle it off for the people that might be wondering. Uh, Two point seven million dollars. What he gets? Lifetime exemption. He can play in the Masters every year for the rest of his life. Uh, five year exemption from every tournament. On the year, U.S. Open, PGA, doesn't matter. You can play in all of them. Green Jacket gets to wear it wherever he wants for one year. But after one year, he can only wear it on the grounds of Augusta. He has to return it. They put it in a rat. When he gets there, they give it to him. He can wear it on the grounds. But if he wants to go to, like, you know, Arby's roast beef or <laughs> our best meatballs, can't um, do it. he can't do it. He's going to have to leave it at, at Augusta. Um, but however, and here's something here, he lives in Texas where there's no state income tax because he won in the state of Georgia, 37% federal income tax, $1 million federal tax taken out, 155,000 Georgia state tax taking out for a net of 1.54 million. So he loses $1.2 million in taxes, man. And people forget those guys are also basically independent contractors, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, maybe not the four majors, and I don't know this, but you guys probably do. Do they some of these other big tournaments that that go on, do they get appearance fees just for showing up there? No, not, not on the PGA tour. No. Not on the tour. No. Like they'll go over to Dubai and places in Europe and Asia and they'll get appearance fees, but not on, on the tour. That's, okay, here's uh, my PGA question tour. about the U.S. Open is going to be at the Country Club. Yeah. Is Tiger Woods playing? Well, he's committed to – Tiger Woods playing, how quickly will those tickets sell out? Well, I believe that the, the uh, second phase of the tickets went on sale last week, and they sold out. Uh, but 
on the secondary, if Tiger declares he's coming, the secondary market, the scalpers, watch out. That will be unbelievable. How many tickets do you have? I don't have Long any. Ball. I'm I'm going to I'm going to get a, a press credential from Bloomberg, um, and uh, go over there and pretend I'm. And Did I'll, you I'll actually, I actually two or just one. You want two? When we get two? Yes. Okay. Throw. I'll get. Why don't I get three? I heard Dan Ray has a couple. If you're looking for any. Mine. Anyway, I'm not begging, but what are friends for? But you are. Well, I've done it before. It's not. Yeah. That it's not that hard. Uh, my my son-in-law is a, a a member there. There you go. And but he only he gets option to buy four tickets, and he's got a big family. And um, but he they 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 can sign up to be volunteers. And then they get assigned a certain group, a certain task. So his best buddy got a, got assigned as a, a host in one of the corporate tents. And he said, "Oh, this is the worst thing in the world." My, you know, what my son-in-law got for his assignment driving range. Really? How cool is that, huh? That's very cool. awesome. Unbelievable. He'll be over there just watching every swing and, and hearing all with him too. Oh, I, I think I'd have to go over and just 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 hang with him for the day, maybe right? Maybe you can bring a friend. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. Did you well, ever I, find out? Did we ever find out if Hoyer got Brady's number twelve? About an hour after we finished taking, uh, I got contacted by the New England Patriots. Not true. He is not Brian Hoyer is not wearing number twelve next year. Okay, so I need to know that. All right, check that off your thing. Good. Um, All right, just so you know, um, I just went on to StubHub for U.S. Open golf tickets. Yep. Uh, you can go to the practice rounds for about 130 bucks. If you want uh, the weekly pass ticket, so you can go to the practice rounds and the, you know, the four regular rounds, uh, those begin at $2,500 each. For uh, the Thursday, the opening round on June 16th over in Brookline, um, a pass begins at six hundred and ninety-nine dollars. So, can I you ask go. you something? You guys, uh, that's really interesting, Hank. But uh, those are one-day things. If you buy a master's ticket, and I talked to talked to some guy yesterday, it was at the at the tavern at Granite Links, and uh, we're sitting there, and he's we're watching the masters. He said, "I've been applying for tickets to Augusta since I was eighteen years old," and he had to be in his thirties, early forties, forties. But I don't know if, and he still hasn't been able to get tickets. But I'm I'm wondering if tickets are, if you get a ticket, is it for all four days, or is it for each day? Well, uh, all I know is just looking at StubHub, they did have an all week pass that was twenty started at twenty five hundred dollars, and then these were individual day tickets beginning, um, you know, for the Thursday round it was six hundred ninety nine dollars. Friday they started. 749 and uh they go up from there augusta has a lot of uh it, it's it's very affordable because they want to keep it the prices i mean you get an egg salad sandwich for like a dollar and the beer costs about that um the only thing we get get hit hard on are the uh, uh souvenirs um you're allowed to bring a folding chair in but it cannot have arms on it it has to be one of those things with no arms no, and no cell phones and no cell phones and there's only one little area roped off for autographs. In other words, when you can't ask for an autograph when the players come by you. I hate to say this, but the U.S. Open at Brookline would be great if they had different allow, didn't allow cell phones. I think it really adds to the whole drama on course. You like you like the cell phone? No, I I mean I don't. No, they're nightmares. It'd be great if if cell phones weren't allowed. But but. <clears throat> Gotcha. We we had the U.S. Open in 1988 on, on it was on ABC on Channel Five. Yeah, and it was it was a thrill. And we did a half hour show from 11:30 to midnight every night, and it was entitled "The Clubhouse Is Open." Clever, huh? Very good. Um, and uh, and these guys were pretty good. You could walk up to the putting green, and you know, I remember I talked to Tom Kite, um, some other guys there. I can't remember, and uh, you know, it was. It was, it was pretty you awesome. Ever in Augusta, you ever go to Augusta? Never been. Never been there. You ever uh, have a chance? Uh, never had a chance. 
Can I tell um, you my Augusta story? You know, go ahead. I'd love to hear it because I don't have none. Because I haven't gone. Oh. Okay. I never went. But I've you almost been. went. No, I've never been there. But I got an invitation from Harry Sinden. Really? Play at Augusta. And then I said something on television at one point that must have pissed him off. And <laughs> Augusta was never mentioned again. <laughs> In fact, Nate Greenberg had to arrange a luncheon so Harry and I could get together and and smooth over whatever differences we have. I still can't remember what I said or did, but Harry, as volatile as he was, was, you know, objected to something I said. And, you know, there went my Augusta opportunity. If I just shut my mouth and let it go. And so, knew? so let me get this straight. He extended the invitation. Yeah. I can remember sitting in his office. He asked me if I've ever been there. I said, no, Harry, I never have. He says, come well, I'll, you know, I'll take you down there one of these days. We can play. Okay. I consider then, that an invitation. Okay. Then how long afterwards did you put your foot in your mouth? I don't know. It must've been a year or so. I, it wasn't like the next day or anything else. Yeah. Did you, you think managed to do that quite a bit? Ruffle feathers. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Did you think I, mean, that I think people would like to know some of the things. I had to have right? with John Harrington to, smooth over something I said about well I know what I said I know exactly what I said about John Harrington but the emperor has no clothes <laughs> and uh, that was that do you remember the time that spring training John McNamara fell asleep in the dugout yes and um, so we edited the highlights with like we started the highlights so said, let's go uh, that's John McNamara John John hello John and he's <laughs> Like this. And then we show a home run. I said, that must have woken him up. And then we cut back to McNamara, sound asleep. And here's a great catch in left center field by uh, Dave Henderson. Let's see if John, Mac well, John McNamara thought about that. Hard to imagine him being upset about that. <laughs> it wasn't him. It was, uh, I think Haywood Sullivan was, was upset. He said, Mike, we didn't think you were like that. Uh, Haywood wouldn't do that. It might have been... Was it Harrington? Maybe was it Bresciani? Maybe I don't know. It might have been Bresh. Bresh just Bresh loved you, but he you know he would could be tough, and you know that sounds like Bresh. It doesn't sound like Haywood. Yeah, I would say it was probably more Bresh than Haywood. I can't remember who it was, but you know it it it, it did it it did affect me a little bit. I said, oh, I mean, I, I see we we have a different lens we look through on on television. You know, we it's we're we're, we're wise asses most of the time. Yeah, I and, noticed that. You try to get a chuckle. You get a laugh out of somebody. And hey, it was it, entertainment. Was it entertainment or journalism? It was Which entertainment. 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 I come down on that side. What do you think, Hank? Mike and I are sitting here. We're on a news anchor desk, news stations, Channel 4, Channel 5, and we're saying we were entertainers. We weren't journalists. I think you were both. Yeah. You know, you had the ability to do both. You had the ability to do the serious story and get the facts and get them right and people trusted you and you had integrity but you could also poke fun at, i mean that's funny the manager falling asleep that's funny who wouldn't laugh at that he would have been better off laughing at himself and going i'm you know listen it was a long flight and i was tired <laughs> you know it was a boring game it was cold hey every once in a while i fall asleep you know self-deprecation usually works I, I, actually I, I, just got a I just got a text from um john dennis it said uh tell bob that uh, harry and i had a wonderful time down in georgia <laughs> love john good i'm sure he harry paid for it <laughs> um well I, I remember jim mckay i mean i don't know if we had a mission every night but jim mckay the great uh wide world of sports olympic host you name it um he was before there was a jim nance there was a, a, a jim mckay and he said you know our, our our mission is to inform entertain and occasionally inspire. And, and I think that's pro probably pretty much the uh, the blueprint and the game plan for most sportscasts. You know, in, in, inform is tell them what's happening. That's your journalistic side. Entertain, get a chuckle out of somebody. And occasionally there's a you know story of just incredible inspiration of great human effort. And when you throw that on occasionally on a sportscast, you can hit those three in your sportscast every night. I, I think you're going to be a success. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, I think that's – you had to know what the video offered, I guess. That was 
Because it was a motion, it was a moving picture type of business. I mean, it was. Yeah, it wasn't a tell. It was a show. It was a lecture somebody on how to get through life. You had, to, you know, it's a moving picture type of business, and you had to take advantage of it. Yeah. No, I I, I agree, and uh, it was, uh, you know, by the time you get to the sportscast, there's so much gloom and doom in the news, and then you've got weather and it's, you know, talking about hurricanes, tornadoes, and blizzards. By the time they get to us, people are looking, can you make me laugh? Can me feel good before I go to bed at 1130? Yeah. Um, I'll just show some Red Sox highlights. <laughs> I like, is that your homage to the fine people of Ukraine? Yes. As a matter of fact, I was going to put like it on it. earlier. Yes, it is. As a matter of fact, I, I like be, it. I'm impressed with it. About it. But you know what? And the more I hear the worse it becomes. So, yeah. Two things I want to ask you. When you're sitting there watching the Masters and Jim Nance is doing it, do you ever I say... Know you know what, Hank? Don't even go there. People want to know. People like what to know. They want to know. They want to know, A, and I can't remember, why you didn't take that job, and B, after all these years, do you still say, eh, that could be me? You had a, you both had great careers. You both had other opportunities. Yeah, I'll be honest as, honest as I can. Yeah, I should have taken the job because I do sit there and say, yeah, that could have been me. Anytime you do an NCAA final on a Monday night and you wake up on Thursday and you're in Augusta, it's not a bad job. It's not a, you know what? Here's the thing. Yeah, I wish I'd taken that job. Really? Well, I can't. Yeah, you do. I, was, I think I made. I think I. Sh, I think I probably should have taken that job, but I didn't. And uh, I've thought about it a lot. I think about it a lot because he's all over the place and he's really good. I doubt that I could have been anywhere close to what he is as an announcer. I was probably too opinionated. Uh, he's pretty much down the middle, and. Uh, you know, hello, friends. He's very user friendly, and uh, I, I just, I, I wonder if I could have ever been as nearly as successful as he was. Uh, but the reality was, I didn't take the job. I was, you know, very happy I stayed here for uh, at one level. Uh, had a lot to do with my family, but. It uh, probably had more a lot to do with my fear of failure. You know, I I had a really as Mike had a, the same job that I had, different letters, different numbers, but it was a good job. It was a really good job to have, and it was one of a kind job to have in a one of a kind market. And it would have been giving up a lot. The money was much better here than it was there. Uh, not that that was a factor, but it, no, not that that was a factor. It didn't really matter where the money was. It was the opportunity. And yeah, there's part of me that said, I wish I had the guts to pick up and leave and go to New York. But I didn't. So, But the flip side is, for both of you, you had 40 year TV careers yeah, no that were it, Hank, You know what? No question about it. All that stuff. I don't. I didn't mean to open up a wound. <laughs> no, you didn't. I mean, a wound. You didn't open up a wound. I knew. You know what? I this. I knew you were going to ask that question. I don't know how I knew that, but I just. I thought you were going to ask it last week after the NCAA's, but I just, you know, I, I was almost positive you're going to ask it today, after the Masters, because he was there. He's. He had two of those, the two of the most dramatic events in sports. And, you know, to be the announcer on those, you, you just, what can I say? But he's great at what he does. He's just so neutral, so entertaining. And so uh, he does, he does a really good job at what he does. Don't you think Mike? I I do. I, uh, he, you know, as I related about Jim McKay, there's been some great ones over the years. And I think he's just got an incredible knowledge. 
and grasp of every event he's at. I agree. Great. You know, he does a great job preparing. Yep. He does. He's got a lot of good people around him. Yep. Uh, you know what? I don't know what else to say about it, Hank. But you're. It's a fair question, and uh, I'll forever be tied to that in my own mind. That. Have you I'm ever sent him a said, note that said, uh, "Hey, Jim, don't forget, um, you were their second well, choice." I've you know, I've saw, I've seen him in the elevator in Orlando or wherever I saw him. And, uh, you know what? I didn't, and he did. I just, I'm just telling you, I just did not think I was. I, I was a, probably more fear of failure than, than I don't know. But yeah, do I wish I'd taken the job? Well, I wouldn't be sitting at this podcast if I had. So no, I, why would I take that job when I could be here? I, I think it worked out for both of you pretty well. Uh, I think you're right. I can't complain. Look, I can't complain. I this is, I love being that. You know what? I'm sure Channel Five was like a family to you. Channel Four was like a family to me. Yeah, I love being there, and I love the people I worked with, and I love doing what I did. And uh, you know, I was pissed off at the guy that fired me i still am you know i just really thought we all yeah as well oh no i'm just really pissed i mean you just did not but it was right up to less moon and cbs was cutting a lot of people off nationally and you know i don't know i don't there's a lot of things that go get through my mind but to, uh, to answer your question yeah, sure. I sure I wish I'd taken that job, but Mike's right. We both we both are pretty fortunate to do what we were doing for as long as we did it, where we did it. Yep. Well, we're glad Boston, New England. We're glad you didn't take the job. I know. Thanks, Hank. But that's damn you. I knew you were going to ask that job. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you know me well. Yeah. Well, you yeah. stayed in New England here, so you know you could certainly shop for an RV. If that, you're you know, right, that's a pretty good segue. No, I couldn't have said it any better. There's no Jim Nance cruiser. Nope. Never even heard a reference to it. No, nope. no you're right, right. It's the first one I ever heard. Right. Nope. And uh, if you're thinking about a new RV. Time to go now. Right now. Uh, we're going to be, we're, we're trying to get the, our good friends up at Cold Springs RV to design a Lobie cruiser, but uh, right. you can have your own cruiser. You can have your own custom made one, right? Hank? It's a popular thing. You know, camping, popular, it's growing. Right. It's a movable waterfront home. It's a mountainfront home. You can take it to the desert. These the RVs, spectacular. Two bathrooms. They've got flat screen TVs. You can use a fifth wheel, tent trailer, a pop-up. Right, Bob? What's that? They have showers. Oh, God. They have showers. Yeah. They have bathrooms. They have microwaves. They have electric Bathroom? hooked up. Really? Some of them have two bathrooms. They have air conditioning, multiple zone heating. Leather interiors. I mean, they really, really. I mean, especially in the last two years where people were confined and then you had to socially distance. You know, people wanted to get out into the great outdoors, right? You can do and live the la in the lap of luxury and move it all across the country. You can you can go to different countries. You can go to Mexico. You can go to Canada. You can do it all in a Cold Springs RV. They've got that beautiful showroom up in Ware, New Hampshire. Where? Yeah, you w e a r e New Hampshire. Where? You know where? Yep. And where you'll find them is coldspringsrv.com. Coldspringsrv.com. Well, so here's a you can get away from the Red Sox. You just continue to, you know. Yeah, one, one final, one final Masters question. You had a choice. You can only win one major in your life. U.S. Open. Masters. I'm considering that the PGA and the and the and the British Open are not in contention. Uh, PGA certainly isn't, and I agree with you on the British Open. That would be great. I would say the Masters for whatever thing it meant. It's a, you know what? There's no rough there. You I know. Take a look at the whole course. There's no rough. Every ball that went off the fairway was sitting up. No rough. I can tell you right now. It's Granite Links. Like a ball can go off the fairway and it's hard to find. I mean, <laughs> some of these courses are a lot tougher. The U.S. Open, you wait and see how big that rough is at the country club. Four inches of grass. You can hide your kids in there. <laughs> Grandkids. <laughs>
So you have to just to watch it. Hank, U.S. Open or a, or a Masters? Feed? Yeah, I would choose the Masters. Yeah, I think. I that's... mean, just see. You know what? It's like to me anyway. It's like the grand dame of golf in the United what States. What about you, Mike? I think I think it's the Masters. It's played at the same place every year. The U.S. Open moves around, but you know Augusta. Everybody knows pretty much every hole by now. The green jacket thing is just uh, spectacular. The Champions Dinner, all the traditions. I mean, that that's not a bunch of malarkey. It is a tradition unlike any other. And no, it's uh, got it's no, but no rough. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I look at that course and I say, boy, this looks like a course made for me. No rough or anything, but you know, these guys are pounding seven irons, two hundred and five yards, and you know, you know what? Just, they are good. These guys are good. They are good. Par fives mean good. nothing, nothing to them. The hit, hit par five and two. Now it's funny. I was Nothing. telling before we we started the podcast. I was telling Bob that I'm I'm going to be 56 years old in a month, and I'm going to three weeks. I'm going to take lessons for the first time in my life. I'm a terrible golfer. I enjoy doing it. Um, so I'm going to you know 55 years, nearly 56 years of sucking at many things, golf included. Um, I'm going to take a lesson. But as a golfer, the most frustrating thing, like a baseball, you get up with a round object. What did Ted Williams say? You try and hit a round object moving at 95 miles an hour with another round object. In golf, the ball sits there. It's not moving. You can choose any club you want to hit it (laughs) at any lie. You can hit it with any force that you want. It seems like the odds would be in your favor. However, they're not. Tell me about it. That's what's frustrating about it. Golf balls like your kids. They don't listen to what you tell it to do. Nope. Don't listen. And sometimes at all. they can be hard to find. You're right. By the way, uh, I don't have the uh, uh, weekend ratings from CBS, but Friday's ESPN ratings were up 21 percent. I mean, Thursday's were up 21 percent. Friday's Friday. ratings, 31 percent. The largest golf audience in the history of ESPN. Why do you think that was? Tigger. Only one, right? Only one. Only reason. one reason. Friday afternoon. Now here I am on Friday afternoon. The Red Sox are opening up, and I'm going back and forth. Red Sox. Tiger, Red Sox, no, Tiger. It was amazing. I, yeah. I, and, I had to end up going to Granite Lakes because they had two, you know, more than one TV on yeah. at the same time. So I could watch two. It yeah, was like, just, like, um, but the Red, uh, I know this is, shows being, I know when we're doing this show and I know the Red Sox have lost in the middle of this show. So uh, the, they're now one and three, <laughs> but that's where we're going. That's, you know, we get this. It's not too soon to analyze them, but who's going to throw out the first pitch for the Red Sox? I know that's a huh? Not going to be Tom Brady. <laughs> you think it was really that close for Brady becoming a Miami Dolphin part ownership? I'm that's told an interesting no. Story. Story is no legs and no merit. I'm told. Okay. <clears throat> who's going to throw out the first pitch? You know, does it? Do we have anybody around here with a Ukrainian connection? Uh, Johnny Busick. No, he's not Ukrainian, is he? What was the Uke line for Uke the Bruins? Was it part of the Uke line? Yeah. Was it yeah. Busick, Horbath, and Stasic. Who's going to throw out the first pitch? Uke we didn't line. have anybody win a national championship. Any college uh, teams? Uh, well, no pro teams have won anything. Be Phoebe Remy. Yeah. I mean, it, I thought that Nesson had a nice tribute for Remy with their little icon in the corner with the microphone. Yeah. Number two on it. But that yep. wasn't there for their game today. I but I didn't know how long they were going to use that. Maybe it was just for opening day because the game on Sunday night was ESPN. They wouldn't have it, but they didn't have it on for today's game against the Tigers. Yeah. So I assume it was just an opening day thing, but I, it was a nice touch. But I, the Uke line, by the way, was uh, Johnny Busick, Bronco Horvath, and Vic Stasiak. Yep. All of Ukrainian heritage. That was 1957. You know, with the marathon, you know, they're just building. They had a big event yesterday, today being Monday, yesterday being Sunday. They have a Ukrainian runner coming in. That would be nice. I, I would enjoy that. I also was thinking they're building a 
big athletic center over in Dorchester for the community. I think it's 75,000 square feet, the Martin Richard Foundation. It's been nine years since he's passed, and that was a big deal. And our pal, uh, Mr. Brett, over at the Boston Globe, Bill Brett, he donated uh, hundreds of books to this fundraiser, and there was a Q&A with him yesterday about it. It was at Florian Hall, and they've raised an enormous amount of money, and I think they'll break ground uh, in the fall. So um, that would be a good choice. And Dave McGilvery would also be a good choice because not only is he the Boston Marathon uh, race director, but this is going to be his 50th running of the Boston Marathon. Well, I think that's more, you know, Marathon Monday – don't forget the Red Sox are going to wear these same jerseys on Marathon Monday, aren't don't they? And, uh, well, they wore them. They wore them last year when they went on a hot streak in September. But they wore yellow and blue. Yeah, they wore yellow and blue on Marathon Monday. Yes. Right. So, I mean, that's of course when they do when they play, the marathon will be underway. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm trying to think. I I I'm 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 stumped with who's going to throw out their first pitch. Usually I can figure it out by this. Well, I'll tell you what, if if Mayor Wu... Oh, you know what's going to happen? But, Ortiz, but I think Ortiz. if Mayor Wu prevents Kyrie Irving from playing here, she could get that. Ortiz is going to throw it out. Hall of Fame. Well, of course. Yeah, that's you know, a good why, point. You know, is there anybody else in the organization other than Ortiz? No, he's Boston, on the cover, he's cover of the media Magazine guys. The big cover story on David or who shot David Ortiz. Boston <laughs> Magazine. Ed Davis got it done, by the way. Ed Davis did get it done. Got it done. According to according to sources that seem to know. Yep. Ed got it done. Yeah, it no, of well. course he's going to throw out the first ball. I mean, what what yep. are we stupid? Yeah. That was good, Mike. Yeah. Duh. Well, I was thinking. Who I was I, I put my thinking cap on, you know. No, it was good. Who else would do it? <laughs> I'd love to see Yaz back. He looked, he looked good when his son grandson was here a couple of years ago. God, you know what? Uh, I have to say, it's been a long time since I've really found a story like that. Like watching, yeah, especially the way Yaz's son passed, right? Having and his son goes on to be the he's plays for the San Francisco Giants. He's a right fielder, I think. And just yep. to see the success that yeah, I mean. Just a heartwarming story, you know, especially I mean, the way he lost his dad. And here is, you know, his grandfather's this icon, this Hall of Famer. You know, that was gratifying to watch. Maybe that. I, I, I interviewed him that day. Um, Did you really? Yep. He came into the park early. And uh, and Pam Ganley, who uh, used to be the PR director of the uh, Red Sox, who's running the marathon, by the way, in, uh, in memory of her late brother, um, She's in charge of alumni relations, and she was, uh, you know, I called up and said, well, let me see. He's, you know, had a lot of requests, and she said, yeah, he'll he'll do you. So we sat up in the left field, one of the luxury boxes outside in the left field, uh, down the left field, uh, down the foul line. And um, he was good, and he was, you know, very, you know, sentimental and moved a little bit, you know, and it said, you know, when was the last time we heard the public address announcer who was said, now batting number five, Yastrzemski. Right field, Yastrzemski. You know, it's been 1982. Was that last? Yes, his last year, I think. 83. Yeah, yeah. So it was a long, uh, long, long time ago. So what if they brought back the Hall of Famers to everybody throughout the first pitch, including Ortiz, Ortiz, Rice, Fisk, Eckersley, Eck, Pedro, Pedro. Pedro. I think just one. I think you got to have Ortiz. You know, I can't argue that. Newly elected, the only guy, only guy voted in this year. Right, can't argue that. So I think I, I think you've, uh, I think you got them, and I think they might. Uh, the Yankees did this the other day. They had this beautiful, charming little uh, young lady girl sing the Ukrainian national anthem. Yeah, I saw that. That was great in their, in their native costume, and they have to make some recognition of that. Um, it's a long anthem, by the way. It's, it goes on for a while, um, but it was really a nice touch by the Yankees. And so maybe there's, there'll be something there. This is where you miss Dr. Charles, but Sarah's there. Uh, she's taken over. She does a nice job. Um, Did either of you read the op-ed in the Globe saying that 
you know, BAA got it wrong banning the Russian and I did not uh, Belarusian athletes did not saying that, you know, it's not the athlete's fault. And most of the athletes like, I mean, Alexander Ovechkin is a good example of a guy on his Instagram page. It's he and Vladimir Putin. And yet there's probably fear. What do you mean? For he and his family. Um, if he takes it down, an anti-Putin stance, you don't know what they could do. And, you know, Putin has played up the fact that, since he's a big hockey fan, that Ovechkin loves him. So by banning those athletes, I mean, uh, anyway, the whole point was they should let them run. Let the athletes well, run. You know what? It's on not the, about them. On the other hand... How else are you going to put pressure on Putin? But he doesn't—he doesn't give a crap it's about. It's not going to affect Putin. No, yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't care about it. He doesn't care about. It. And I kind of agree with—I I kind of agree. I mean, you've got look at the NHL. You've got plenty of Russian NHL players that are still playing. Well, I—I I, I think back to 1980 when they Jimmy Carter wouldn't let our athletes uh, participate in the summer games in Moscow, and that was. I thought that was a wrong call by by Jimmy Carter, and I'll never change my mind on that. You know, this isn't like, you know, this is this is one chance. I mean, I know there are a lot of athletes that compete in multiple Olympics, but for most of them, it's their one chance. Well, I'm sorry, but I I gotta agree that Putin. I think that Putin's stupid. Uh, I think BAA got it right. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's not an easy call. No, I mean. I know it's not their fault. But hypothetically, you could be a Putin supporter who's from Russia or Belarus, but maybe you're living in a different country. You'd still be welcome at the Boston Marathon on Monday. Anyway, just food for thought, I start. Fair enough. I don't know how many athletes were involved. I I can't even tell you. I don't know what the number is. What, What was your time, Bob, when you ran the marathon? Do you remember? Uh, well, it was the same day finish. So <laughs> I think it was, it was on the, certainly on the North side of four hours. I can say that I was out That's there great. for like four and a half hours. Right. That's a lot of time to be running. Or, you, know, you know what? Running is not exactly the way that I would have described it. I wasn't <laughs> walking. Hey. But running, you know, is kind of pushing the end. Hats, hats off, uh, you know, to, for you and anybody that, that that runs that thing. It's uh, something I've never done, never will do, and um, I just I, I commend everybody that that tows that, that trains for it, and raises money for it, and then tows that starting line. And I don't you know care what you got. You got to you know, you and I are like Mack trucks, and Hank's a Mack truck. Mack truck, I'm a whole fleet. Well, you're, you know, you're, you are, you are, whatever, not necessarily Mack truck, but one of the other big ones, you know, then something, they, less, something less sleek. Yeah. Most of the, most of the people out there, Mike are Porsches, you know, and, and, yeah. and sleek, you know, Mercedes, but we're Mack trucks. So we have a little different running style than, than those other people. Well, when you stand, when you interview some of these people, you know, before the race or after the race, you realize just how they have incredible inner strength and just just indomitable spirit. But physically, they're 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 small. You know, they're Porsches, Mike. They're Porsches. But they almost look frail. You know, they're Porsches. Yeah, they're Porsches, Mike. They're MGs. They're Triumphs. They're I thought, I thought you had a meat trucks for eighteen wheelers. <laughs> well, By the way, we're talking about we're twelve wheelers. You're talking about length of time. Just quickly, and we need to wrap up. Yep. Like for instance, today and it's Monday. Um, the Tigers beat the Red Sox three to one. The Red Sox used seven pitchers. I mean, they want to speed up the game, and they're they're talking about all these different things to speed up the game. The pitch clock, seven pitchers through 145 pitches today in eight innings of work 
I mean, only three walks. But would you agree that the strategy today and the pitching changes, that's really one of the gigantic issues, don't you think, facing Major League Baseball and the length well, of game? I, I mean, they, you know, they made a rule you got to face three batters when you come in, so that should have sped things up a little bit. But, but when you change, you put seven pitchers in a game, one team. I mean, the Red Sox and the Yankees the other day combined, they had 15 pitchers in the game. Yeah. I mean, I can't see how that's going to benefit the pace of play, you know. Well, we could do a whole show on that sometime, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway. Well, next year you won't put the runner at second base. Next year you will not be able to do I shift. hate that. Yeah, they hate no runner at second base next year. Yeah, we, uh, may, have a, we may have a pitch clock next year. That, that'll be different, but you, you certainly have – what you have now is the electronic pitch calling, which not every team is using it, including the Red Sox are not using it yet, but it's an electronic way of instead of catching catchers giving their signs, they can call the pitches electronically. Right. And, Wait uh, until they figure out a way to hack into that. That's <laughs> going to be a scandal. You think, huh? Well, listen, thank you uh, for joining us, listening and watching. To Unanchored Boston, the podcast, Mike Lynch, Bob Lobel, and Hank Morris. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can even go to our new website, unanchoredboston.com, and you can tell your smart speaker, hey, Alexa, hey, Siri, hey, Google, play Unanchored Boston podcast. Thank thank you, guys. Of course, to our great sponsors, Our Best Foods and Our Best Meatballs, and, of course, Cold Springs RV. You can find them at coldspringsrv.com. On Anchored Boston, we love you very much, and thank you for watching. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Unanchored Boston is a presentation of Unanchored Media, a Burke Advertising LLC company. For show information, visit unanchoredboston.com. Thank you.